Welcome back to the March Towards March. I'm Daniel Bronson. He's Nolan Thai. And you want to just get right into it? I think we should. It's good to be back. All right, all right. So, team of the week, who you got? We got Iowa State. They had a three straight Big, big 12. And TCU, three very solid teams. Um, they seem to be climbing the rankings fairly quickly. Uh, at least in the AP pool and in the projected bracketology. And they're led by Keyshawn Gilbert with 14 points a game. And uh, they also have a deep bench with eight guys averaging over 10 minutes a game. So that'll really play when it comes to March. Yeah, so even with Keyshawn Gilbert, they still don't seem to have any, like, real superstar players. No one that just pops out when you watch them, but they all just work so well together. And do you think that's a good recipe for a good tournament run? I think it can be. It shows that uh, any given night you you don't rely on one player, but rather it's, it's a team together. Yeah. All right, so player of the week. <coughs> Who we, got, we got? We got Tyler Kolek for Marquette. He, the uh, last three games he's averaged 25 points a game, five rebounds, and 10 assists, and has led Marquette to eight straight Big East wins dating back to January 15th. So he, he's just a lefty scorer right he's not a great shooter he's just a slasher kind of like connect uh in a way yeah he he won't shoot the shoot the lights out but he just he just does everything he'll he'll distribute the ball he knows the game really well and i mean that's that's the type of guard play that will carry a team come march madness yeah uh yeah so i guess we'll just move on to the biggest riser who do you got as the biggest riser got uh texas a&m so they have uh, three straight wins over tournament teams, including a big one over Tennessee. Um, they are led by uh, junior guard Wade Taylor the fourth, only weighing in at 175 pounds, but he but he finds a way to put the ball in the rim around the basket all the time. Um, he's he's kind of known for showing up in the clutch. He's kind of that guy for their team. Um, yeah. I, I mean, That's, if you look at him, he doesn't really look like a superstar athlete or uh, anything special, but then you see him out on the floor dominating these 6'6 six, six centers. It's just it's really impressive. It is. It is. So, Daniel, I'm, let me ask you, who, who do we have as the biggest faller? The biggest faller, unfortunately, is the Utah Utes. They had very high expectations coming into this year. Uh, they're coming off a three-overtime loss to uh, Arizona and a bad loss to Arizona State. Uh, Brandon Carlson, their seven-foot center, is dropping 27 a game, or 27 and 25 in the last two games, and averaging 17 on the year. So he doesn't seem to be the problem. It seems to be what's around him. And do you think those guards around him are, like, disappointing him, like not feeding him the ball enough, or do you think it's a problem for the coach and, like, they need to play better. Uh, I just think they got to get back into a rhythm, really, because, uh, I mean, you obviously need a good relationship and, like, chemistry between a guard and a big man like they have. So um, they have the guys to do that, like like Devon Smith, Um, but but you just got to get them back going and get that chemistry in a rhythm each game. Smith has definitely been on a cold streak lately. He didn't even score against their – against Arizona State and their bad loss. 
Um, their expectations haven't been met, but they're looking to pick it up going into conference tourneys and then if they make it to March. Definitely. I, th- I think they can, too. They've had they've had some good stretches this year. They just got to figure things out, and I think they'll definitely be able to do that before, yeah. before March. Yeah. All right. What's your – who are you most surprised by? All right, so the surprise team of the week is Rutgers. So um, they have a they have a bad record at thirteen and ten, but uh, they've actually picked up as of late to earn spot of surprise team of the week. They've rattled off three straight Big Ten wins uh, at Michigan by ten, at Maryland by three, and home against number eleven Wisconsin by a dominating twenty two point margin. Um, so tournament hope for Rutgers is. Pretty much out of the question unless they can somehow make a big run in the Big Ten tournament potentially yeah. and sneak in. But uh, these are type of wins that are really important for a program looking to kind of re like kind of search for that identity for the future. And I think um, obviously Rutgers has a very bright future. They have uh, the number two and number three overall recruits in next year's class coming in. So wins like this um, really just help help put that program in a good trajectory. Yeah, and this past weekend was a huge eye-opener for the Big Ten with Ohio State taking down number two Purdue. Uh, It really opens up um, the Big Ten. Uh, Do you think Rutgers can kind of sneak in there during the tournament and make a little run? I mean, they've clearly shown by beating teams like uh, number 11 Wisconsin that they can hang and beat with anybody. So I think uh, when it comes to, like, Tournament tournaments, uh, conference tournaments, and March Madness. Uh, I, I think any given night for a team like Rutgers, they can beat anybody, which yeah, makes them a dangerous team. That's really all of college basketball. Any anyone can beat anyone on any given night. It's really just who shows up to play. Uh, this past weekend, uh, or actually last night, uh, Creighton took down number one UConn, and I thought UConn was going to be really good after they just de- destroyed number four uh, Marquette. Uh, uh, it, I mean, if you're UConn and you're going to lose one game before March, I mean, last night was the game to do it. You're on the road at Creighton, very good team. Um, obviously, you want to win the game, but but you're not going to stress it too much. I mean, let's go into UConn a little bit, though. They have uh, lost 19 straight consecutive road games to ranked teams. That's surprising as the number one seed. When you see them, uh, do you think that's a problem? or do you, like I would normally say... Going into Creighton on a Tuesday night would probably be a rough night for anybody because Creighton is just such a uh, great arena with great fans. But do you think that shows problems for UConn? Um, normally, I would say yes, considering a 19, game, 19 games is a lot. But obviously, we've seen UConn. They don't need to be on their home court to win. We saw that all of last last March Madness going all the way and winning. Yeah. Not a single game at their home court, obviously. Yeah. But um, it, I think... It does maybe show that when it comes to adversity and um, kind of handling momentum in the course of a game, that they may need to improve on that a little bit. Definitely. All right, I guess we'll go into bubble watch. Um, so we got me and Nolan came up with four teams um, that uh, are the first four out as of right now. They are Wake Forest, Gonzaga, Seton Hall, and Cincinnati. Uh, what about these teams? Uh, what do you think they could fix to – eventually get into the tournament uh i think i think really if you're any of these four teams what you need to do is protect home court and avoid any glaringly bad losses yeah i think if you can protect home court to finish the year maybe 
all all these teams roughly have about four to five games left. I think if you can go three and one or four and zero at best case, I th- I think you're looking pretty good. And a surprising team in there, Gonzaga. They're usually up there in the one, two, three seeds in the tournament. They're all the way in the first four out. What happened to them this year? They they've just really. I think losing Drew Timmy like yeah. recently is that. He, I mean, he was their team. He was their heart and soul of their team. And I think they're still just kind of searching for um, who's going to be that guy there. Obviously, they brought a lot of transfers in this year, and I think they're still just trying to t- trying to find their like their mesh as a team. Yeah, I think Gonzaga is a really attractive school to a lot of uh, top high school recruits and transfers, uh, just because of Mark Few and uh, just their their history and exactly. like how good they have been. They always have great athletes. They're always well coached. I think if you're any team around the country and you happen to sneak in to maybe the last four in in one of those playing games, you do not want to play Gonzaga. Yeah, they're going to be scary. They're yes. definitely going to be scary. Of course. All right, moving on to the local Lens. Uh, UC, uh, coming off of two losses, they weren't terrible losses, though. Um, they beat number 15, Texas Tech, but then lost to number uh, 5, Houston, and number 10, uh, Iowa State, which was our uh, team of the week. So definitely not bad losses. Uh, what do you have to say about them? I mean, not bad losses, so you, you can't get too mad, but it's starting to get to crunch time for UC. Yeah. They're right on that bubble, and... Even even like losses that aren't bad losses like that, they're they're going to keep you on the wrong side of that bubble. Yeah. So I think I think UC still has opportunities in the Big Twelve. Obviously, every night is a good win, but um, they they need to steal one. So like sure. ske- like scheduling wise, if, would you rather play good teams at the end of the season or bad teams at the season to get your record up, or would you rather uh, get your like flow and be able to say you beat good teams? I mean, generally, I think you want to you want to be playing good teams because uh, if you drop one against a bad team, that's going to really hurt you. And then if you lose one against a really good team, I mean, that isn't too much of a hit, but it also gives you opportunities Definitely. to get those quad one, quad two wins, which the committee looks at a lot when making the bracket. Definitely, definitely. Um, moving on to X, um, kind of a mediocre week. Uh, they secured a win over Villanova uh, in a low-scoring uh, 56-53 battle. But then took a seven point loss to number nineteen Creighton, uh, but I mean it doesn't even seem that bad given that Creighton just beat the number one team in the country by twenty. So. Exactly, exactly. I mean a seven point loss to Creighton, um, you can't you can't be mad at that. And obviously Xavier started the year kind of kind of poorly, a rough start, a couple bad losses to to some like lower ND one teams. But I think they've they've shown up when it comes to biggie's play they're a game or two above 500 in that and i think if you're xavier you got to feel pretty good where you're at uh heading into next year um xavier probably not going to make the tournament or you think so or i mean on the edge they're they're definitely on the edge um they're they're i would say they're in striking distance but they definitely need to do a lot of work to get in there biggie's tournament Mm -hmm. all right yeah so that's all we got for today Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back uh, in two weeks with episode three.